0: Welcome to Searchlight, a survey through Scripture with Pastor John Corson. It is our desire to bring you a systematic study of the entire Bible, chapter by chapter, book by book. Over the past couple of Searchlight programs, we have been looking at the famous declaration of Joshua, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Pastor John has shared with us three things regarding this statement. First, it was a declaration. Joshua was being leader in his home and saying that his family would serve the Lord. Second, it was an expectation. Because he made the declaration, he walked in the expectation that his family would serve the Lord. Next, there was a realization. A realization that if his family was going to serve the Lord, He would need to be the example. Even what we do in secret affects our family. As we join John today, he will conclude this teaching with another important point. Here now is Pastor John.
1: This statement by Joshua is important. Dad, Grandpa, Mother who has to step in because your husband won't or isn't willing or just might not be there, isn't wanting to, you Whoever you might be, make this proclamation today. It's a declaration. This is the way it's going to be. We're not allowing that. We're going to be there. And here's why, sweetie. Here's why, honey. Here's why, son. But even if you don't see or don't agree, it's not going to change. I'm taking a stand as the priest of my family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. A declaration. An expectation. Kids, We will serve. You watch. We're going to serve the Lord. You're going to stand with me. We're going to serve the Lord together because I have faith that God will do what he promised to. And he began a good work in you. And I've given teaching and training to you. And you are going to see his faithfulness kick in. We will serve the Lord, you see. And a realization. But I understand, Father, that as a dad or as the leader in the home, it starts with me. As for me, What I do in secret is going to affect my family. And Lord, there are things that need to be changed. Change me, Lord, today. Keep me away from the stuff that's going to impact my grandkids or my sons or my daughters. Don't let that happen, Lord. Keep me away. And today I understand that. Finally, one more thing before we go that's very important. (laughs) Listen, it's a declaration. We will do this. Expectation. It's going to happen. Realization. It starts with me. But a celebration. Number four. You see, it's a celebration. What do you mean? You guys know, if you've been around, if you've been studying with us, that this book of Joshua is a great big illustration of our Joshua. Our leader. This Joshua is a picture, an illustration of our Joshua. Jesus. His name is Joshua. We call him Jesus. That's the English form. But the Hebrew name that he was called in his day was Yeshua or Joshua. This is a story about our Joshua who takes us into the promised land. We're his children. What do you mean? He is Isaiah 9, 6. Jesus is the everlasting father. And he said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I'm going to lead you. And as for me, And my house, and we are living stones. We're his house. We're his children. We're his family, who are my sisters and brothers, who is my mother, Jesus said one day. Aren't they who hear the word of God and do it? We're his family. He is our Joshua, and he serves his father perfectly. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That gives me great hope. It makes me sell. I I realize even though I failed and dropped the ball and messed up and missed the mark, still there is my Joshua and I'm his family. I'm his house and he will not fail. Even if I am faithless, he will be faithful to me. Do you understand that about Joshua? It's a picture of Jesus, like that story of the pastor. (laughs) The pastor who is new to the church and First couple weeks he's there when the congregation is singing one Sunday, he makes his way down the kids' wing to the fourth grade class to pop in and just say hi. The teacher there greets him Oh, Pastor, nice to see you. We've just finished a long section teaching our fourth graders about Joshua. The pastor was happy to hear that. The pastor said to those kids that day, Kids, who knocked down the wall of Jericho? And the kids looked around. And finally, Johnny sheepishly raised his hand. Pastor, I didn't do it, I promise. <laughs> the pastor heard that and said, come on, who knocked down the wall of Jericho? The teacher then said, if, if Johnny said he didn't do it, pastor, he didn't do it. The pastor's taken back by that. <laughs> he can't believe that the kids nor the teacher knew the story of Joshua and Jericho. He goes out in the hallway back to the service. He sees the superintendent, the Sunday school superintendent, walk by. He says, I I just came out of the fourth grade class. And and he said, the kids didn't know and the teacher didn't, you know, Johnny didn't knock the wall down, the teacher said. The superintendent said, well, I know Johnny and he has had some problems. So uh, I'll talk to him when the service is over. Oh, the pastor's totally frustrated does the service afterward. There's an elders meeting. He calls his elders together and tells them the story of what happened. And the chief elder, the senior elder said, Pastor, I make a motion that we just take money from the general fund and pay for the wall and then we can move on from there. (laughs) I'm glad that that's not true with this congregation, that hopefully you do know the story of Joshua and understand understand by this time that Joshua is a picture of our Lord, of our Jesus, who leads us. Even when we mess up and drop the ball, he takes us on. Listen to me carefully. Give me your attention, please. This is important. See, Jesus, Joshua says to you, grandpa, to you, dad, to you, single mother, or wife of a man that won't step up to the plate and do what he's supposed to, even though I know that you're aware like I am of our shortcomings and failings, the Lord will give you today, right now, here, another opportunity. He does that. Lord, if everybody else forsakes you, I'm not going to. I'll die beside you. Peter, the apostle, said when Jesus let them know that he was going to go and die, I'll be here with you. I'll stay beside you. I'll die for you. Peter, by the time the rooster crows, you're going to have denied me three times. Never, can't be, Peter protested vehemently. You know the story. Peter then proceeded to do just what Jesus said he would. Denied Christ. Didn't go with him to the death, but turned his back on him, if you would. Denied that he even ever knew him. Sad to say. Jesus then dies on the cross. Peter had run away. Jesus rises from the dead. And he goes and finds Peter there up in Galilee. And he says, Peter, Peter, do you love me once? Do you love me twice? Do you love me three times? Peter, do you love me? Three times Peter denied the Lord. And now Jesus in grace, our Joshua, is saying, do you love me? Do you Give him an opportunity to say three times, "I I love you, Lord. And then he said, feed my lambs. You're not disqualified. It's a new day. Your sin is forgiven. Get going again. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Get involved again. It's not too late, Peter. And by the way, listen carefully. By the way, Peter, when you were young, you went where you wanted to go. But when you're old, they're going to strip you and carry you off. And this, he said, signifying of Peter's death. Peter was to be crucified. Stripped nakedly, crucified upside down on a cross outside of the Roman city. Peter was taken back by that. I'm going to die? What about this man? He points to John, who was standing right next to him. Jesus said, Peter, what's that to you? You follow me. It must have seemed cruel initially to Peter to hear about that he was going to be crucified in that way. But wait. Wait. Jesus wasn't being cruel. He was saying, Peter, you're going to have an opportunity to do what you wanted to do and failed to do when you said, I'll die for you, Lord, and you didn't. You ran away. You turned your back. You swore that you didn't even know me. But, Peter, I'm giving you another opportunity, and you're going to die magnificently. (laughs) You're going to do just what you wanted to do. Peter, I'm not giving up on you. And you might say, I dropped the ball. I've let my kids go here and do that, and I haven't been strong. I've been worried about them liking me more than parenting them properly. I've dropped the ball. The Lord will send you, like Peter, lambs to tend again. He really will. It's a new day. He knows what he's going to do. He's the faithful Joshua who will see you through if you let him, starting here now. Not just serving him here. You might say, my kids are grown up. You can still be involved with grandkids. They're moving away. There's still kids in the kids wing you can tend to and shepherd and love on parentally right now, today. And then on into eternity. We're gonna. There's stuff that I wish I would have done differently in ministry, in life. But I know that those things that are on my heart that I didn't excel in Hey, it's not over, because my Joshua Jesus is taking me and taking you to the promised land of heaven. We're going to heaven. We're going to serve him there perfectly. We're going to come through and do the things that we really wanted to do, even though we might have dropped the ball presently. That makes my soul real happy, to know that this isn't the end of the line. Like that guy who's on a desert island, 20 years, all by himself, Forgotten about, thought to be dead when he's discovered. A rescue crew comes and gets him. And the rescuers, they, they, they look around and they're amazed at the island that this guy lived on for 20 years by himself. The guy showed him the hut that he built and his recreational area and the, the place where he prepared his food. And the rescue team was amazed at what this guy did. And one of the rescuers said, well, what are those two huts over there? Oh, he he said, the the guy that had survived on the island said, "Um, those are churches. Churches? What do you mean churches? Well, I'm a Christian. Those are churches. But there's two of them. There's only one of you. True, but that's the church on the left that I go to, and the one on the right is the church that I got mad at and left. And, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the way it so often is. Oh, we're so, I know, we, we drop the ball and get mad and miss opportunities. But in heaven, there's only going to be one church, one family. We're all going to be there together. No more schisms, no more divisions, no more hurt feelings, no more. It's all going to be put away on that grand day. I'm glad about that. And listen, listen, this story tells me, make your declaration, John have an expectation without faith it's impossible to please me believe that your kids and their spouses and your grandkids are going to be on board the good ship salvation but realize have a realization john it starts with you it begins with you as for me and my house joshua said that day who are you john personally secretly privately it's going to impact your kids very definitely and when you're aware of your shortcomings john There's still this to remember. I'm your Joshua, and I'm going to usher you into heaven. I'm going to give you opportunities in this life and opportunity in the one to come too. I don't give up. You're going to do the things that you've really wanted to do. You're going to be the person you really desired to be. It's all going to be fulfilled ultimately. You watch, you wait, you'll see. And now I ask you today, I want every father or grandpa to keep eye contact with me. If you're sleeping, shame on you. If your husband's dozing, wife, give him a shot in the ribs as hard as you can right now. Because listen to me, here's the deal. I've taken a long time today because I'm telling you something which is real important. You might not like me, and you might say, I think you're meddling and you're legalistic and you're too harsh and everything else. I'm telling you the honest to God truth. We need men, young men, middle-aged men, elderly men, who will be strong, who will say, this is the way it's going to be. Not how's the weather. Honey, should we go to church today? Honey, I'll stay home with the kids. You go. I've got to mow the lawn. Cut that out. Well, you know, let's go to that show and let's take in that. Stop it. It's time for me and for you on this day to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There are certain things that are non-negotiable that we don't discuss or debate or work through. It's just the way it is for me and my family, you see. Why? Because God will bless you as you do, if you do. The Apostle John said this, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And I'll tell you something. Nothing else matters in comparison to looking at your sons and your daughters and your grandkids and say, they walk in truth. They're loving the Lord. They're on fire. They're being used. No success in ministry begins to hold a candle to what a man feels when he looks at his sons, his daughters, his family and says, man, I don't care how rich you are. I don't care if you have the biggest home in Jacksonville and the nicest car in the Rogue Valley. I don't care if you're esteemed in your profession. If your son, your daughter, your kids, or your grandkids aren't walking with the Lord, you know it doesn't matter. If they're not doing well, nothing else matters. But if they are doing well, if your family is walking with the Lord, staying close to the Lord, that's all that matters. John the revelation writer, John, the gospel penner, John, the lover of Jesus, said, this is the greatest joy to hear your children walk in truth. And if you'll do the things that we're talking about, simple stuff, but men begin to say, this is how it's going to be from this day on, God will bless your family. And when you get to be old like me, at 48 or 53 or 65 or whatever it might be, you'll say, man, that's all that matters. Not my ministry, not my career, not where I lived, not what I had, my family. I'm so glad I was there on that Sunday when John went on and on and on. But something got through, and I got it. It's time for me to get serious And to be a strong man, not brutal, not harsh, not chauvinistic, but to be a man. And say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. John, you're making me uneasy talking about being here on Sundays and studying the Bible on Wednesdays and not doing this and being aware of them. You might be offended with me today and you might not come back here again. I know that. But you know what? I love you enough to tell you the honest-to-God truth. If you don't grow up, brother, if I don't mature, people, and begin to come to my own shechem and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you don't do it, you're going to be brokenhearted down the road. Filled with sorrow. Oh, the Lord is so good. He'll still take you up to heaven, and there'll be opportunities there like I was talking about. But how much better it would be for you to say, man, I'm thrilled with how my family has turned out, their spouses, my grandkids, my sons, my daughters. Because one day I heard the Spirit say, grow up, be a man. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, you see. Does that guarantee success, John? Jesus, our Joshua, had a failure. Judas rebelled against him. You know the story. God, our Father in heaven, his son Adam turned his back on him. Oh, there can be some heartbreaks in life. It's true. And there might be a setback, a sad story or two. But I want you to understand this. The overwhelming, overarching truth of the whole matter will be you will look at your family and you will say they're serving God because on one day I made a determination as a dad, as a grandpa as as a mother because my husband wasn't there we're going to serve the Lord enough of this casual stuff we're going to serve the Lord, watch and see what he'll do, I guarantee and those kids that seemed like they failed, ask Bathsheba, her heart was broken. Her precious Solomon, who she taught and prayed for and loved on. Solomon, now with a thousand wives and women, drinking wine endlessly. Parties where there's peacocks and baboons and apes brought in from Africa, MTV. And, 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 and she thinks, oh no, and she dies, and her boy, her son, who had so much potential, is so carnal, so sinful, so so seemingly evil. But when she died, after she died, Solomon thought about, about his parents, about his mom. And in Proverbs chapter 31, he says, my mom spoke to me. Do not give my strength to women. Do not give myself to wine. And he writes about the advice, the teaching, the instruction of a mother who was a leader. And he remembers her. And the rest of the chapter is the chapter on the virtuous woman. You know who he's talking about? His mom. She was dead, though. She didn't see what happened. As the years went on, Solomon said, Soap bubbles! Soap bubbles! What am I doing with with my peacocks and baboons and piles of gold and prestige in the world and the most powerful political potentate in history but it's all empty I'm tired of these women I'm tired of this stuff it's all empty and he cries out to God you can read the story in the book of Ecclesiastes and he said let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear God and keep his commandments this is the whole duty of man and right then Solomon becomes a preacher Bathsheba didn't see that on earth she knows about it today in heaven And you might say, but my my son has rebelled or turned his back or walked away. Hey, you don't know the end of the story. You do what you're supposed to do. You take a stand, Dad. Or Mom, you step in if he's not going to, if he's wimpy. And you say, this is a day for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. And you'll watch. You'll see it come about, truly. They will serve the Lord. You'll see it, I guarantee might be on the other side of eternity, might be in heaven, but there'll come a day when you'll say, Lord, you are faithful to your word. I did what you told me to, and now you did what you promised you would do. You've kept that which is committed. You've seen my family through.
0: God is always faithful to keep that which is committed to him. Men, commit your family to the Lord, be a leader, make a declaration, and be an example. And you will be blessed with a family that serves the Lord with joy. This teaching is also available on the Searchlight website at johncorson.com. You will also find on the website Pastor John's books and other Bible study resources. Again, the address of the website is johncorson.com. We are all on a journey in this life. And if you are a believer in God, your journey is taking you to heaven. To help us keep our eyes on our destination, we have a book available called A Place for You, Reflections on Heaven. This book, taken from sermons that John has given, focuses on the hope of heaven. Heaven is a real place, and it is not that far away. This book is for everyone who longs for that day when we will be in heaven with our Savior. You may order a place for you from our website at johncorson.com Searchlight is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate your prayers and support. May the Lord richly bless you.